Hello and welcome to the Highview Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I'm your host, Tyler Sweat, and I am here today with two uh, incredible gentlemen uh, that are always on the podcast with me, my my ever-faithful co-hosts, Chad Williams and Josh Hildebrand. Ever-faithful. What a way to be introduced. Yeah, I like that. that. Yeah. I'll take that. Glorious, determined, yeah. beautiful, mm. in God's sight. Not in mine, better. but in God's sight. <laughs> All those and more. Oh, yeah, so it's... Uh, <laughs> It's a it's a morning here at Hivey Church. Uh, we're we're about to have our, our staff meeting, and before we do that, we're sitting around the mics, getting ready to record another episode. Uh, again, keeping our fans happy. You know, uh, we we posted an episode a couple weeks ago, and um, with rave reviews from our, our fans, I, I I had a couple conversations where when I mentioned our, our tens of listeners, th- there's been like at least. 10 people say, I'm one of the tens, you know, like oh, that's, wow. so I think we're gonna have a t-shirt that says I'm one of the tens, mm, the Hivey podcast. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's great. So we're thankful that people are listening to these, getting some value. But, uh, as we get going this morning, uh, Chad, Josh, you guys do, how you doing? Doing good. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm glad to be on, I guess. Yeah. Glad to be here. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a great early morning to absolutely to pound out a podcast. Let's go for it. Yeah. So uh, one of the things we, we do here on the podcast occasionally is uh, talk through our our sermons from Sunday morning, and today um, is a pretty exciting uh, one that we're talking about because it's the beginning of a new series that we're beginning here at Highview through the Book of Daniel, and uh, lots of lots of hype around the series. I think uh, Chad, you mentioned that this has been a series that you've seen more excitement about among the people than for other. Why, why do you think that is? Why That's do you think people question. are are excited about Book of Daniel? Uh, I think it's a it's it's because it's a very different, I think it's a very different book from anyone we've ever done before. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it. <clears throat> I think that uh, it's a book that I think people believe they know to a certain degree, like they're familiar with these stories. Yeah. And maybe there's some intrigue as to how we're going to handle those stories. Mm, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, I think everyone knows we're not going to do a, a Daniel diet or a, uh, you know. We're not? No. Okay. Not. Or, 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 or living life in the I probably lion's need to. den. Okay. <laughs> I need to. We're going to have a real I mean, life fiery furnace and see how close you can get to it. Yeah, oh. there's, yeah there's stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, so I think that the book itself has been, like by the church historically mishandled a lot mm. and particularly, you know, over the last <clears throat> say 50 years. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so I think the pit, but we're, we all, you know, a lot of us went to Sunday school growing up, right. And yeah. children's churches and all that kind of thing. So we're familiar with the stories, but, yeah. mm-hmm. but, but then, you know, there, it's also a really wild and crazy book. I think there's, yeah. there's a lot of prophecy, which people are very interested in prophecy. Right. Let so. me give you a perspective from a, um, a listener. Cause for the most uh, most part, you're you're the one teaching these series. I know there's other pastors that jump in, um, but one of the things I've noticed that our church has has really grown in over the years is just a love for God's word. I mentioned mm-hmm. this to you the other day, yeah. and I mean I think they're they are excited about the Book of Daniel for sure. Yeah. But what I'm just seeing is an overall excitement just to to, to dive into God's word. And so I think anytime we start a new series, there's this this kind of excitement or you know of a new book and. Yeah kind of, um, and what God's going to teach us through that. So it's a great thing to be a part of Hive Unit Church that, that really uh, gets stoked and excited when we start a new book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. I told this to Chad uh, earlier this, uh, yesterday, I think it was, um, 
you know, we had a packed house Sunday morning and it wasn't because we were offering a new program or doing some new mm-hmm. fancy thing, you know, new speaker. Yeah. It's because we started a new book of the Bible. Yeah. And people are like, let's go. Yeah. It's, it's really cool um, to be able to, like you said, to be a part of a church that, that highly values the things that matter. Uh, the preached word, uh, the ordinances. We had a baptism Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, this Sunday, I believe we're going to have Lord's Supper. Yeah. Um, so, like, lots, lots of cool things, and it is, it is exciting to be a part of a, a church body uh, that gets pumped for, <laughs> for the preached word. That's, that's awesome. Um, so, with that being said, uh, let's talk about the sermon this week. Um, Josh, you want to give us just a, a Yelp review of the? No. <laughs> um, yeah, we, obviously, I think we're all big fans of our our preaching team. I mean, obviously, you know, Chad, you're you're one of the one of the best preachers that I've ever been able to sit under. You, Josh, you as well. Um, so we're obviously blessed with great preachers. Um, but this, I feel like, was a good, a really good introduction to the book. Um, I think yeah. you did a great job, kind of handling major themes, kind of without giving away, you know, the what the rest of the book's going to unfold. Yeah. Um, but you set it up really well under the, these three headings of chaos, control, and certainty. Um, kind of walk us through that, that main point that you made. You said the book kind of has that main theme of the world's in chaos, God's in control, the future of God's people is certain. Remember, it. got it. Got it locked in Man. there. Um, tell us, tell us about done. how you, how you <laughs> came to, to that kind of being the, the theme statement for the book of Daniel. Um, it, the, the original theme I had was uh, I, I probably I started with probably like six to eight sentences mm. that, that kept getting I kept cutting or or changing or kind of you know whatever to get down to that that being the the main focus those three sentences, um, but I, I think that's the the theme you know obviously the uh, the book begins with chaos. Um, with the you know the siege of Jerusalem in 605 BC and and uh, the first wave of exile uh, taking place uh, as uh, Jerusalem's people are, are led into captivity in Babylon, including Daniel. Um, yeah. But then the sovereignty of God is kind of the connecting theme through the entire book, and then you have the actual prophetic. Uh, section of the book yeah. the, starting in chapter seven, which is, uh, which is dealing with, the, with the future uh, of God's people. So yes, you're in, yeah, it's, it, things are, are chaotic. Things are terrible, uh, now, but God's still sovereign and yeah. this is all going to turn out. Okay. And, uh, and so there, there's a, I, I felt like that was the best way you, you have the sovereignty of God. It's kind of the theme and the thread running through the whole book, tying the book together. Mm-hmm. And then it's bookended by this like opening scene of, post-apocalyptic chaos yeah yeah and then ending with this uh, this future version where things are okay mm-hmm. and so it, it just it felt cinematic even to me i will say this uh I, I told josh this yesterday i think i've told you this um my two least favorite sermons to preach in a series are the first and last really yeah uh, always and the introduction is probably my least favorite for the for, for the the reasoning the reasoning being uh, it's really hard to edit those. It's really hard to yeah. figure out how much background to share. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there's your, so much information. Your inner history buff is just like, yeah, I want to explain and expound all this. Yeah. yeah. And without some explanation for what's happening, Daniel doesn't make sense. Like, so you need to share a lot of information on yeah. the front end. Now, you know, every, like this week, there'll, there'll be a lot less of that coming up with this, uh, with the rest of chapter one. But, uh, so it's, it's a challenge, but. 
But it was a process of just kind of drilling down, drilling down, drilling down. Okay, yeah. I think this statement, it doesn't say all that you need to say about Daniel, no, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a summary that I think works. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So let's let's kind of drill down into those three things just as a as a introduction to the book, um, but also as um, kind of the explanation of of the context that we're that we're starting uh, the book with. Um, so the first kind of piece of this was the idea of chaos that the world is in chaos, and you talked a lot about the idea of exile, um, not just in the context of of the story of Daniel, but kind of as this overarching kind of hermeneutic for understanding this whole storyline of scripture. Um, so how does this uh, concept of exile, why is it so key to understanding not only the story of Scripture, um, but also even the the essence of the Christian life? I'll jump in there um, for this one. I, I think um, when you're talking about exile, two things pop into my mind um, as to why this is so uh, important to understand kind of the story of Scripture. First it describes who we are. Um, you know, Scripture starts out with just this beautiful picture of, um, you know, us in, a, in the garden with, with God, and then there's, then there's exile, yeah. right? And, and so um, it, it describes beautifully kind of the picture of, of where we are. And you even brought up First Peter that, that talks about us being sojourners and exiles. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really the condition of, of the human heart, not only um, just being exiled from God, but also just Christians being exiled in a, exiled in a fallen world. Mm. But then, um, secondly, not only does it describe who we are, but um, we see that our Savior was exiled. Yeah, right. He came and was, uh, you know, as we ended the study of Hebrews, crucified outside the camp, was made in exile so that we could be reconciled. Um, and so, I mean, I think. If you don't understand the concept of being exiled, you can't understand the gospel. You don't understand mm-hmm. what Christ came to do. Um, it's just an such an important topic for understanding the the narrative of Scripture. Yeah, yeah. I think exile just kind of it's it's. Uh, I think I said this in the sermon, and I don't know if I said it this way, but uh, exile is not just an event in the Bible. It's mm-hmm. the condition of humanity yeah. in the Bible. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so. The events just kind of, well, the events after the fall, at least, in the first exile, they just keep reminding us of that exile. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and that being our condition now as ones of exiles from Eden. And uh, and so <clears throat> I think that, you know, understanding that is a really helpful, um, it makes a lot of sense uh, from the standpoint of like your, uh, the, the it, those desires that you can't. Yeah. fulfill and, yeah. and and this kind of inner angst that we feel like where's that coming from well, we're not home right yeah. and that's right. why so it's a big deal yeah you use one of my my favorite quotes from c.s lewis the, yeah. the idea that we there, there's a world beyond this one that we know there's some innate knowledge yeah that we belong to a better world most probable explanation is you were not made for this world yeah you were yeah. not made for this one the whole like playing in the sandbox type of thing when you have no idea of what it means to enjoy a holiday at the sea like that, that picture that he paints uh, with that whole imagery is, um, is quite fascinating. Cause I think it speaks to, um, we, what we feel every day, right? We feel this and I don't think we always have the words for it. We don't always think about it in those categories, but when you start to, to realize the larger story that you're a part of, um, it really helps to build some context around what we're really experiencing right now, which I think kind of gives us a, um, an interesting 
concept of what the Christian life is. It's a, like you mentioned into the, the sermon, it's a journey back home. Um, mm-hmm. We're not quite fully there. Um, we, we've got some things that we've been reconciled um, in a, in a true sense, but we're still headed toward wholeness. Uh, yeah. We're still headed toward uh, an eternity with God that we, that we have previously been exiled from. Um, right. You know, but I think bef- before, um, you know, you come to Christ, you're still in exile, but yeah. you, but you're just yeah. wandering, homeless and yeah. aimless. You know, yeah. there, there's no place you can go. You just you, you you know you're homeless. But but the Christian is a person who has a home, right? You right. know, they know where their home is, and they know they've been reconciled. And it's just it's just a matter of time before our faith becomes sight. Yeah. You know, um, picture. Well, another thing, a key kind of connection that you made is the connection between sin and exile, uh, that sin separates, sin alienates. Um, and that kind of was, I believe, wrapped up in the identity of, of Babylon, uh, as a city of man. So kind of tell us more about the picture that's painted in the book of Daniel, uh, of Babylon and kind of the overall themes that we're pulling out of what Babylon is, but also how that connects to how we also view our culture today. Yeah. Well, I thought one of the, the more interesting things about Babylon as uh, as I was diving into it, and it's, it's mentioned there in that first or second verse, uh, being in the land of Shinar, the connection with Babel yeah. is really, really critical because the whole point of Babel was, uh, the text says in Genesis 11, was uh, basically man seeking his own renown. Yeah. And... Um, playing God in Babel. And the end result was chaos and confusion. God confused their languages and so on and so forth. So um, so the end result of man uh, attempting to build their own city is always chaos. It's, it's, it's always uh, a disaster mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so um, that pattern established at Babel finds its consummation in a sense in Babylon, this, this kingdom of chaos in that, in mm-hmm. that way. Chaos... Not, not that everybody's running around <laughs> with their with their heads on fire, just <laughs> like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know yeah. if I, I don't know if I explained exactly what I meant by that, but mm. chaos in the ultimate sense of things not being as they ought. Yeah, as a so, sense so, of order correct. and disorder. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, actually, I mean, humanity um, has learned to to function and, and and is fine with with disorder yeah in in the biggest sense of the word mm-hmm. as long as it's a tolerable comfortable disorder we're fine with it mm. um yeah. in the city of man like we're completely fine with it and uh there's also some uh, just a little uh, sidebar i think i i wound up cutting it out but there's some interesting stuff uh in the pilgrim in pilgrim's progress about that yeah um vanity fair is one example of kind of a babylon mm-hmm. and and uh and and so there, there's there's others in the book as well but um, but yeah, that, that concept of chaos, uh, in Babylon, Babylon is this chaotic city mm-hmm. that's really well run and orderly at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, the issue is trying to, to make our own order or to, to try to convince ourselves that yeah. the disorder is order. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. Well said. Yeah. So I, I think you've got man's best attempt at creating something beautiful apart from yeah. God. Right. Right. And so, you know, it, it, as you look at our own culture and you try to see, um, you know, that Babylon kind of essence, it's, it's yeah. all around. And yeah. I was talking to you the other day about, you know, we've just got this major cultural thing being kind of introduced to our, um, you know, our 
culture through Facebook and yeah. they're rebranding as the metaverse. Meta, yeah. And so I, I sat down and watched a little bit of this video. Are we already in the high view hot take? No, this is a hot take for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm watching a little bit of this video and mm. all I could think of, this is before this sermon and before we'd even talked about this, Yeah, but this feels like Babel to me. This mm. like the, you know, the, the tower of Babel, it feels like man creating something that when you look at it, it's like, wow, look what we've created, but yeah. completely without God devoid of like yeah. you just, there's no mention of him. It's just, but look how beautiful it is. Yeah. Look how awesome we can make it. And the future is so bright with what we're going to create. Right. But it's chaos. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it kind of, it highlights the reality that we are trying to build, ultimately trying to build ways of attaining all the things that God has truly promised us, yep. but in our own way without him. Yep. Right. So that it's, idea it of connection me. of, you know, he, in that going to the, the metaverse thing, like the promise of like, you could be present with others, but mm-hmm. you're not like, you mm-hmm. can have these ex- immersive experiences where you can have immersive experiences in, in a reality governed by God. You know, like there's, yeah. there is this concept of like, what are we trying to, to build uh, for ourselves, for our own glory um, that ultimately is us simply trying to, we feel the disorder. And so I think we're trying to, to manage and 100%. maintain and, and create some sense of order, but it only ends up in more yeah, chaos. What's the appeal of a metaverse? The appeal of a metaverse is it's a, a place to escape, escape. And, and live reality mm-hmm. outside of reality, create your own new reality. Right. Where do bad things happen in metaverse? Do, mm. do, do buildings catch on fire in metaverse? Do mm. people get hit by cars or people die unexpectedly? Wow. Um, yeah. It's a place where uh, God can't get us. Mm. Is kind of the idea. Wow. Um, and uh, and that is, uh, uh, you know, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, also known as Nebuchadnezzar the the thirtieth, <laughs> uh, is. Uh, <laughs> can we just start calling him Zuckerknezzar? Well, you know, there's. <laughs> we need the have you hot take thing. Have you hot take? Yeah, there, just, yeah, yeah. We, we already have. That's a yeah. have you hot take is an Easter egg for yeah, if, you, if you if you understand long time, what, what that yeah. means. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's the, the guy who calls in the radio show? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like a uh, uh, first time listener, long time caller. Long time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So, but honestly, what, uh, what this kind of shows us is like the book of Daniel is not just some old book that, you know, somebody dusted off and put in a Bible and said, yeah, you should read it every now and then. Mm -hmm. Like it has true cultural implication. Like humans haven't changed all that much. No. And that's a huge point. You know what I mean? Like Like, if if you want to, if you want to really be blessed by, by Daniel, um, there, there is this, uh, because for so long it didn't feel like, at least in in America, it didn't feel like we were living in Babylon. Mm Mm-hmm. But we, we, we always were living in mm, Babylon. Yeah. You know what I mean? We really were. We were always yeah. living in Babylon. Uh, but now there seems to be a greater a, awareness of we really are in yeah. a, a culture that has – we live in the city of man. And so yeah. the, there, there's this uh, – there seems to be an openness to consider this that – yeah. That we are living in Babylon now. And like I, every, everybody's in agreement now. It's I like we're all in a, Babylon. That's a great yeah. point for Christians to remember. Even when, you know, the society you live in um, – may not be screaming heresies or like culturally devoid of, of, you know, some of the biblical principles, you should always have an awareness that this is not our home, right? That we're in Babylon. Um, I think it's just, we're, we're in the world, not of the world. There needs to be a distinction with the people of God and the culture around us. Um, Cause you know, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Right. You know, that doesn't mean we're not engaged in our community, but 
Yeah. But you you do you do need to know there's a difference. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, that's one of the things I think I grew in or ha, or continue to grow in in my understanding of what Christianity is because a lot of the ways I grew up, um, I, I remember kind of getting this overarching concept of um, Christianity good, the the world bad, and like in some sense overarchingly like those are true. Like having this the idea of the city of man and the city of God, like right. there is an ideal that doesn't exist here. But the plans of God always include the things he's created. Yeah. So like the things that he made, he made good and for us to enjoy and to use and to, to have dominion over to glorify him. So in a sense, we are, we do have this mandate to create order out of chaos, to yeah. create order out of, or not, not create order, but uh, maintain order with God. Right. Um, but since we've distanced ourselves from God, we feel like, ah, we got to scramble and, and build order. Um, mm-hmm. But we're doing that with the wrong context in mind. So it's good to, to like remember we're not necessarily called to be these like monk type figures that separate, disassociate, but rather we are supposed to interact with the world in a Christ honoring way and in a, in a God glorifying way, but also in a way that blesses others. Mm. And so like there is a way to do it. Um, we just aren't going to get there by the means that the world is, is yeah. celebrating and exalting. Yeah. That's the, and, yeah. and how we, how we live in Babylon faithfully is, mm. um, I mean that's the main thing we're going to be wrestling with over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, is is that very issue? Yeah, uh, yeah. in Daniel, that's, and it's not, and and how Daniel chooses to go about it. Yeah, is not how most people would yeah. think they. He, yeah, he didn't run for office. Mm. Uh, in that, in, in he didn't extension. try to overthrow Nebuchadnezzar. No, he there's none yeah. of that. And so, but the, he also he knew what to abstain from. He abstained, but he also participated. Mm. Like there was my sermon. Was, Don't preach. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Teaser. That, Teaser for next week. That's, uh, um, is that it? So that's the, that's the sermon. Boom. That's the whole thing. Well, guys, you don't even have to come this week. The, the sermon yeah. title, uh, you'll you'll appreciate this. Okay. It's uh, attempted deconstruction. Mm. Attempted deconstruction. Oh wow. Um. That's anyway. awesome. Awesome. Um, well, let's let's move on to uh, obviously that that was the kind of first big key piece, chaos. Um, the next kind of idea that's going to be really critical for the book of Daniel, but also. Um, a blessing to us if we'll truly understand it is this idea of of God being in control. Um, so I know we there's a tendency to think, okay, when when there is chaos, that means everything's out of control. Um, and if everything's out of control, then then what's God? What's He going to do about it? Or does He also have this like scrambling mentality, like oh, things aren't making sense, like things are messing up, like ah oh, this this person's life is going really bad. I got to figure out how to fix it. Um, that's not the, the picture that the book of Daniel, especially the first few verses, paints at all. Um, you kind of pulled out this statement, uh, the Lord gave Jehoiakim over to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, so kind of tell us about, like, how does the context of Daniel's story set up this paradigm for us understanding our own chaotic experiences of life under this, this thread or under this kind of canopy of God's sovereignty? Um. Yeah, I think about just God's sovereignty over our circumstances, and I think the book of Daniel uh, paints a beautiful picture of that. Um, but the first thing that popped into my mind with that is, you know, kind of trying to reconcile the the chaos of the world and the sovereignty of God is, as I thought of, the most chaotic event that's ever happened, you mm-hmm. know, uh, yeah. was the crucifixion of Christ, right. right? If you want to talk about chaos, like, man, at their peak, craziness was yeah. when we sent the sinless son of God to the cross. Right. Right. 
But yet that was the plan of God for that to happen. Yeah. So the purpose of God runs through the chaos of man and it's always, um, you know, it's always succeeding, Mm. you know, um, God, man plans, but God has purpose, uh, you know, over and above that. And I, and I think that's just yeah. something that the book of Daniel teaches us. And it's so important for us just as Christians to know that in our own lives, because we all have our own kind of forms of chaos. And if, if God is sovereign over the death of Christ, then sure, surely he's sovereign over the chaos in my own life as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, don't, I, I think that <clears throat> the, um, the reality that I think this is a really important thing that I took away from that text um, the Lord gave is mm-hmm. uh, the reality that the Lord is responsible mm. in in that sense. Like he's sovereign, but he's this thing wasn't an accident yeah. that he's fine taking credit for mm. the fall of Jerusalem and the burning of the temple. And the, right. <laughs> that's a, uh, that's a, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, but 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 a really important takeaway in, in light of that though was well, what's the alternative? Mm. Like okay, let, let, so let's let's say you 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 struggle with and 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 I try to be as compassionate as I could on this issue because there, there's times where the sovereignty of God's an infuriating doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's absolutely yeah. infuriating. Yeah. Um, but it's also the most comforting doctrine in the Bible, in my opinion. At the same time, it's it can be both, and, and both yeah. are both can be true. But. Uh, but that concept of, of God being in control of this, like that we wrestle with and we struggle with. So many people I mean, pastorally have so many conversations with about that issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the alternative? Yeah. I, I got, you don't want that. You yeah. don't want the alternative. Right. The alternative is worse. Yeah. Far worse. Yeah. You have a God who's, who's you essentially become a, uh, a, a deist uh, where you know maybe God's the clockmaker yeah. who sets the clock and then sits back and watches it and has no control over anything that you know that that deist kind of mm-hmm. um, uh, approach. So it, it, it's not a good like you don't know what you're. You, it's it's a little bit like uh, if you were to ask God like, well, I thought you're in control. I mean, are you not in control? Like it's almost like God's like you don't know what you ask. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if you if you replace a sovereign God with a God who's not in control, you have the, a more terrifying. Reality, right, right? You solve one, maybe one dilemma where you can go. Oh, at least God's not in control. He didn't do all this yeah. to me, but but you. But create, then what? If, <laughs> yeah, you have yeah, a God was, who can't do anything for you. Yeah, right. It's either. like the situation where someone says, "What well, if God is sovereign and He's in control of everything? Why pray?" Mm. And, but the better question is, well, if he, "Why pray if He's not sovereign?" Because then He can't do anything. Right. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you 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 don't you. You know, I think one of the main pastoral takeaways from that from that passage was don't let go of God's sovereignty. I know mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah. It's, it is hard. It's no, I don't know if someone has not wrestled with that. And, and for us, I mean, in pastoral ministry, we see some of the, the, the hardest things in people's lives all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I see, you see them wrestling with it and I wrestle with it. I go, God, what, what? you're in control. Really? Yes. Wow. The scripture paints it a yeah. picture like, you know, um, we're dashed against the rock of God. Mm-hmm. And when you get dashed against the rock, it hurts, but mm-hmm. the rock is also a foundation. Mm-hmm. So you, at least it gives you a place to stand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the way the sovereignty of God feels. I mean, it's it. Sometimes it's it's rough. It hurts, yeah. but it, it it does give you a place to stand and not be swept away. Unless yeah. you're the Puritans, mm-hmm. they never struggled with this. Yeah, they would just <laughs> they just glorious. they just be like, eh, yeah, we're destroying glorious truth. It's, yeah, yeah, we're crooking our lot. Oh yeah. well. <laughs> like, yeah, that is a comforting <laughs> book, though. But uh, no, the Puritans are are on on sovereignty of God. Are, are so brutal and like 
and and no. that, that in some ways they're weirdly comforting, mm-hmm. but also they're like, shut up. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. I feel both of those sometimes. Mm. Sometimes when and I, I read, and they're, the, and they're my favorite guys to read. Sometimes probably. when I read the Puritans, I'm like, this this just ministers to my soul. Uh-huh. Other times the like, book gets thrown across the room. Yeah. I'm like, get no, out of here. I'm out of that. Of, no. Yeah. All things for good. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas well, Watson. What have, do you know? You, you guys have heard the like what what does a reformed theologian say when he falls down the steps? What? Glad that's over. <laughs> Like, I mean, what, what else are you going to take away? Like, eh, that's God's will and eh, it's over. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's great. I've never heard that. Yeah. Um, it, but it is, it is, it does create, uh, not necessarily a problematic <laughs> <laughs> reality. So like not my will, but yours be done. It, it, exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't will to fall down the steps, but that's over. But that's over. Um, but it kind of gets back to your your point in the sermon, which I really loved was this, you know, like you mentioned, what's the alternative? Would we rather have a God who is in control even over the the crummy, terrible, no good, very bad things of life? Or would we or would we actually be more comforted by saying, oh, well, this makes more sense if God's not in control? Because if God is X, Y, Z, then he would never allow this or he would yeah. never, you know, that's a scary thing to say as well. Like well, we, we begin yeah. creating a God that, that would suit us uh, rather than uh, a God who actually is wise, uh, his, his thoughts higher than our, ours, his ways higher than ours. Uh, we actually need that. Yeah. One of the things I, uh, that comforts me so much, knowing that God is in control of all of my suffering, is that it does teach me that one day I will understand the purpose mm-hmm. behind the suffering. Mm-hmm. If God's not in control of it, I may never know. It's just mm-hmm. chaos. Yeah. But if there's a sovereign God who's in control of it, I may not understand today, but there is coming a day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, John Piper talks about this. Every second of suffering in our life is mm-hmm. purposeful and meaningful. Yeah. And man, there there's some things in my life that I'm just clinging to one day seeing Jesus yeah. and and seeing and understanding the purpose a little better for yeah. but and and a, a God that's in control gives you that hope. You, right. That's what we get, that the concept of that weight of glory that's mm-hmm. not worth comparing. Like the struggles, the t- the the frustrations of this life aren't even worth comparing to what we're headed we toward. Be, right. But the problem, right. not, not the problem, but the challenge of that is is the road toward that weight that yeah. greater glory is through mm-hmm. uh, these rocky bumpy terrible circumstances and then in his in his goodness he's using that time in between to mm-hmm. make us into the image right. of his son right right yeah so that and that kind of brings us uh, to the end the conclusion of the, of the sermon and ultimately what we're working toward to the conclusion of Daniel is this idea of certainty and we already kind of talked toward it like we we feel this chaos we trust in God's control, His sovereignty, that He is working something better for us. Um, so, what type of, what kind of certainty does that give us uh, in the here and now? Like, how does that the idea uh, that God's in control, that we're headed toward a, a destination, that we're headed toward home, as you kind of landed the sermon there? Um, what what kind of certainty does that give us in, in our future? Um, yeah, that what, what kind of what kind of certainty do we have? Yeah, I think it's what we were just talking about. It's, you know, it's kind of segued into it. It's mm-hmm. it's the the fact that um, when you have a sovereign God, there's purpose behind all of this. And um, if I can if I can believe in the sovereignty of God, then I have every reason to, to be certain about my own situation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the passage that says, he who did not spare his own son, yeah. Um, but gave him up, how much more will he graciously yeah. give us all things? If I can trust in the sovereignty of God in that situation, I can yeah. be certain and trust in the sovereignty of God in my own situation. Mm. Um, 
You know, and that's why I think it's so important for Christians to regularly immerse ourselves deeply in theology and just the the doctrine of who God is. The more we trust in the sovereignty of God, the more hope we're going to have in mm. our chaotic everyday life. You know, yeah. they're yeah. not disconnected. Yeah. yeah, the only people that ever tell me that theology is not that important don't have any theology. Yeah. Mm. Like honestly, because but I because even 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 um well, I'll put it this way. The God has to be, if God is sovereign, or since God is sovereign, I should say, um, in the present, we can't have certainty of the future. But if God is not sovereign in the present, he's also not sovereign over the future. Mm. And that means that there is no certainty of mm. how this is all going to turn out. Yeah. So, so not only, I didn't say this in the sermon, I kind of wish I had in hindsight, but not only if you give up God's sovereignty, yeah. you, you've also given up your future. Mm. Your certainty. You give so, up God's mm. sovereignty. Given up, you, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Boom. Roasted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you give up God's sovereignty, you give up your certainty. Mm. Uh, because you have a God who can't orchestrate all things towards a, an ultimate conclusion that we'll be happy with. Yeah. That, that will be for our good and his glory. Like, you can't have that. Right. So, um, so I mean, that that's key. That's 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 kind of the, the point of... of I think um, even that that overarching statement we said at the beginning mm-hmm. about Daniel, the world's in chaos. You know, yeah. God is sovereign. Yeah, certainly God's like that concept. It's all rooted in that sovereignty piece. Like yeah. both are true. So he's he's sovereign in the chaos, but mm-hmm. that means but he's also sovereign in the certainty right. on the back end. Yeah, and and that's a really I, I think that's a huge takeaway. Mm. Yeah, th- this might be a uh, a stretch of a comparison, but I almost think of the idea of. Uh, uh, you remember the movie Bruce Almighty, when uh, yeah. you know, not not the greatest theological work um, or the or the greatest concept of who God. I remember is. Evan Almighty. I, I don't know if I ever. Bruce, saw... Bruce is the one with Jim Carrey, right? Bruce, yes, yes. Evan <laughs> Almighty is kidding. not. Evan Almighty so bad. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's the one where sorry, uh, Steve Carell. Yes. Steve Carell builds Come, an ark. Noah yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, but it's, that's it's a horrible. really bad movie. In Bruce Almighty, like he's wrestling with what we're talking about. This idea of like. He doesn't get the promotion he wants. He doesn't, whatever. Mm. It's very you know, superficial stuff. But he's like, ah, my life's terrible. I wish I could just be my own God, essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would do this thing better. And then he puts on the green mask. But he, he, no, no, that's, that's wrong. 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 That's, oh, the that's, wrong. Oh, that's the mask. That's the mask. But actually, both uh, both movies actually kind of end up the same way. Powers. Um, like, in a, in a strange way, like, even though it's a terrible concept of God and not biblical at all, what that movie acknowledges is, I think, something that, that we also kind of realize is if we actually did build what we want, it would end up in chaos. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he actually becomes oh, that's, God. That's good. Gets all the, the stuff he wants to do, and it the world burns. And it's the worst. It's the worst. And then he, God comes in, the, you know, Morgan Freeman, yeah. the quote-unquote <laughs> God figure of the movie, comes in and, and kind of redeems, restores, you know, like, but... And so it's interesting that a, that even like the wildest non biblical concept of of what it would look like for us to have our own sovereignty and our own create our own certainty still doesn't end up with essentially mm-hmm. like we wouldn't choose the things that God would give us, but we would never actually get what God has for us either. It's, oh it's, man, Tyler digging deep on yeah. Jim Carrey movies. It's the whole oh. it's the whole predicament <clears throat> like of. You know, you looking it's up good. at your your boss or the guy higher up from you, going, yeah. "I could do that job better." Mm. You know, we we all yeah. do that. In you guys' we, case, you could. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes that might be true in, in our own context, but, right. but man, there there are so many cases where mm. it's really easy for me to look up and say, "Man, I would do this, 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 and this." But in reality, if all of a sudden I was put in that spot, yeah, uh, you know, I'd really 
probably right. mess things up. Right. And yeah. That 10,000 times over, 10 million times over. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of this series. Um, looking forward to, um, you know, the hearing, rehearing the stories. Like you mentioned, there's lots of narrative things that we probably have heard growing up, but like thinking about this book under this paradigm, I think is going to help us um, to, to understand more of God's sovereignty. And then also to um, not only look back at, at the book and back at history to help us, but will help us look forward in our own lives as well uh, toward, toward the end. I do want to kind of one final uh, statement. What do you guys think is the key takeaway from week one? Like, what do you want the church hearing, thinking about as we're going into the rest of the series? Um, the God's sovereign when things are really messed up. So mm. you can hope, have hope even when it's messed up, it's not going to stay messed up forever. Mm. And uh, I know that sounds like a, yeah, but that's really it. I mean, if yeah. I, this is one takeaway, yeah. um, pastorally for sure, that's that's the takeaway is that, um, you know, I heard, a, heard someone describe, describe the Christian life this way. We've left exile mm. in one sense, but we're on that 900-mile, four-month journey back to Jerusalem. Yeah. And uh, that's a hard slog. That's mm-hmm. a hard walk. Yeah. But we're being led out by Jesus mm-hmm. who went into exile with us and is leading us out. Yeah. And, uh, and so we have a, we know, we know where we're going, mm-hmm. but, but, but the certainty in, in our destination is rooted in the leader we're fought, we followed out. Yeah. And that, uh, and so we're, we're following him out. We're following him home. And so we are strangers and sojourners. We're exiles it's still yeah. in a sense because we're not home. Yeah. But we're, we're going to be, we're going to get there. Awesome. Amen. Well, thank you guys for uh, discussing with me today. And thank you listeners for jumping back on and uh, listening to the Hive podcast. We hope it's an encouragement to you. We hope it's uh, bring some value to your, uh, your everyday life and your journey in exile. Um, so that being said, if you're in our area, if you're in the West Georgia area, we would love to have you join us for the rest of this Daniel series. And um, we'd love to have you as a part of Hive Church. Um, it's been a really cool season of growth. We've had a lot of new people. So yeah, if you're get here early. Get, yeah, there's not a lot of seats right now. We're working on that, but we are. Um, if you're not in our area, um, you know we hope that our, our resources and things are valuable uh, that are helping you out. But uh, we would love for you to be in a local church that's uh, able to serve and, and pastor you well. So uh, yeah, with that being said, thanks for listening. Give us a nice rating and review if you listen on Apple Podcast, or just share it. Share it with a friend. Uh, let other people know about these uh, these episodes because uh, I know we enjoy recording them. Hopefully, you enjoy listening to them. And uh, with that being said, we will see you next time.